What is up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing. With, of course, me, Thomas Brandon, and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is up? Uh, not much. How was the holiday? Did you eat some turkey? Uh, ate too much turkey. <laughs> yeah, dude, I hear you, man. I literally have been living off of leftovers for the last week i mean you know basically today is like the last day you know for leftovers so like i'm gonna have some leftovers today and then that's it we're, we're done we're moving on from from turkey and stuffing because yeah, yeah for, it's been for a couple weeks at least because yeah, yeah. christmas right around the corner and we're yeah. right back into the turkey and ham yeah well see we don't do turkey for christmas man um we've never done turkey for christmas i you know my family has always been uh well it's funny because years ago, years ago, I mean, I'm talking 30 years ago, back when I was a kid, uh, we stopped doing a big like dinner on Christmas Eve. So like Christmas Eve, the whole family would get together, you know, and we all get together and we had this big dinner and we had the presents on stuff like that. And then Christmas Day was kind of like for the individual families, right? Like that type of thing. Is what we've always done. Well, on Christmas Eve, it was like the you know the adults at the time were like they were like this is stupid. We're spending all this time making all this food, and then we got to clean it all up. And by the time we're done with that, it's like nine o'clock. All the kids want to do is open their presents and see what they got. And you know we're getting home at midnight, and then we got to get up early for Christmas morning. And they're like, this is dumb. Why don't we just like get a pizza or something and then we'll just do our own little family dinners on christmas day and so we started doing that years ago and yeah. we've you know we've had everything from pizza to enchilada pie to i mean all kinds of stuff and now on christmas eve we get together and we'll do usually my cousin he'll like you know i think last year he did like ribs or something like that like it's usually something just you know simple and easy he'll smoke something and we eat that and then my immediate family, we get together and we do a Christmas, like a Christmas morning, like breakfast brunch type of thing. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. That's what we, yeah. that's what we do at my house yeah. with me, the wife and the kids will do like biscuits and gravy. Yep, some, that's exactly what simple, we make. Something good. Yep. Yep. But like with the wife's family, we'll do, we don't usually do turkey. We'll do leftover turkey. If there's a half a turkey left in yeah. the freezer cook yeah. it but usually it's like a smoked ham this that mm -hmm. and the other and it's usually a good time usually yep. another good dinner <laughs> yep yeah yeah we do we'll do like in the morning when we get up we'll make like some cinnamon rolls and we'll have those with like you know our coffee or you know some orange juice or something like that while the kids are opening their presents and then when the kids are done opening their presents then i go into the kitchen with my mom and we make our homemade biscuits and gravy and a ham and the the hash browns and all that type of stuff like that. And we have a bunch of food and then, you know, we eat our brunch and then we just kind of hang out and relax the rest of the day. It's, you know, just, just chill. So, so yeah, definitely got another, another day of eating coming up. But besides that, besides the, our stretched, our stretched out waistlines, we got a few things to cover in the world of racing. So USAC did wrap up its season in the dirt midgets. We'll talk about that. Um, some big, big news that Keith just 
told me about um, regarding another another USAC Sprint Car team. Sounds like it's going wing racing. So we'll we'll talk about that and the ramifications of that. Uh, the World of Outlaws, their the Extreme Series, what's going to be happening with the sprint cars and the midgets. Um, and you know we've got Gateway Nationals kickoff tonight. Plus we've got the Sunshine State Sunshine State 50, the XRSS, uh, down in Florida this weekend. And that's pretty much it until Chili Bowl. But before we get into all of that stuff, I've got to talk about the big bombshell that dropped. Uh, what was it yesterday or the day before? It was one or two days ago regarding Ferrari and their F1 team, uh, specifically Mattia Benotto. Now, Ferrari, for such a historic, you know, team when it comes to Formula One, right? They've been there since the beginning. They're the only team that has been there since the beginning, okay? And Ferrari is a historic name, not just in racing and motorsports and Formula One, but just in terms of the automotive world, right? Enzo Ferrari had one of the greatest lines ever, and it is so true. He said, ask a kid to draw a race car and he will color it red. And it is absolutely 100% true, right? When you think of a red car, you think of a Ferrari. And when you think of a Ferrari, you think of a race car. Even if it's just cruising down I-5 out here in California, I, that's a race car. But unfortunately, although they've had this storied, historic you know, career in motorsports, they're kind of like the now... Las Vegas Raiders of the NFL. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. So the for those of you who are not NFL fans, or if you are, you probably have heard of the Raiders, right? The Raiders are one of those brands that you don't even have to like the NFL, right? You don't even have to like football to know of the Raiders, right? Uh, Al Davis once said, if you close your eyes and you think Silver and black, you think the Raiders, right? And if you think the Raiders, you think of silver and black. It's iconic. That logo, I mean, people wear the the Raiders hats and the clothes just because they like the way it looks, right? There's very few franchises or sports teams out there that can say that. The Raiders are one of them. And although they have a storied, historic past, they are also an absolute train wreck 90% of the time. If you look at the number of coaches that they've had, right? The issues, the drama, the fighting, right? For years when Al Davis was still alive, it was always something, right? He was the most iconic person in the or the Raiders organization, even when the team was going to the playoffs and competing for championships, he was the figurehead, right? If you look at other teams in the NFL around the country, when you think of the team, you don't think of the owner, right? When Peyton Manning was the quarterback for the Colts, if I said the Indianapolis Colts, the first thing that popped into your mind was Peyton Manning. It wasn't Jim Ursay. You know what I mean? It wasn't the owner right? Most people don't even know who the owners of a lot of these teams are. The only reason we even know of them now is largely due to social media and the fact that you have a lot of these 
younger, you know, rich, whether they're tech or Bitcoin or whatever, right? These guys who have come into billions of dollars and they go out and they buy a sports team because like that's the new thing to do, right? Um, the NFL has been, I've heard it called Wall Street on grass. I mean, that's really what it is. The valuations of the teams and the contracts and the money, it's just insane, okay? And the Raiders, right, for all their historic success have pretty much been a cluster that can't get out of their own way. And it's been that way for a very, very long time. Most of my life, even when they go on runs and do well, somehow it gets screwed up. Ferrari is the same way. When most people think of Ferrari, right? If you've been following Formula One for you know any length of time, last couple of decades, right now, when I think of Ferrari, I think of Michael Schumacher, right? That's that's what that's the first thing that comes to my mind is Schumacher dominating Formula One to a point where it was boring. It wasn't even fun to watch. That's how dominant he was for years. That combination of him with Braun as the principal was just ridiculous. Like, like it's it's absolutely insane for you NASCAR fans out there. It was the equivalent of Jeff Gordon and Ray Evernham, right? Or Kirk Shelmerdine and Dale Earnhardt, right? Or Petrie and Earnhardt or Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson, right? It's one of those it's one of those teams, those pairings that when it happens, it's magic and the level of success that is achieved is literally second to none. Since then, they could they, they literally cannot find their ass with both hands. I mean, they really can't. And the reason they need to is because they got to pull their head out of it. It has become really, like I said, the Vegas Raiders of Formula One. Over the past like decade, they've had four or five different team principals. And Mattia Bonotto was the most recent and he just resigned. And he resigned because he does not feel like he has the backing of the upper management. And this is something that has been talked about all season long. There was a lot of people who were saying that Benotto needed to go out, that he was hurting the team. If you look at what happened this year at the start of the season, Ferrari came out on fire. They win the first couple of races. They're dominating. They're off to this early lead. So much so that Max Verstappen, who ended up winning the championship and clinching it with like three races to go, he said, I don't think we can catch them, right? That was the start that Ferrari had. And since that start, they took an absolute nosedive. Now, the fact that Leclerc was able to finish second in the driver's standings and Ferrari finished second in the constructor constructors was really a testament to how great of a start they had because the second half of their season was pretty abysmal. They were not competing at a high level on the racetrack, okay? They would go out, they would qualify well, and during the race, they would do something stupid or they'd have a mechanical failure, right? I mean, it was so bad that I remember watching a race where the engineer on the headset with Carlos Sainz was asking the driver, like, what do you think we should do? The driver does not make those decisions, right? Race strategy and stuff like that, that is always done by the engineers and the principal and the strategists and stuff like that. The drivers, it, it, even Lewis Hamilton, right, is not out there overriding Total Wolf saying, no, 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 man, I don't care what you say. We got to, we got to 
get now, right? That's not happening. All right. It is a symbiotic relationship that has to work because if it doesn't, you're not going to succeed. And when it comes to success in a sport like Formula One, consistency is a huge factor. And it is if you look at the most successful franchises in any sport, there is a level of consistency there, right? You look at the 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 opposite of the Vegas Raiders, right? Take the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example. The Pittsburgh Steelers have won six Super Bowls, okay? They're an absolute dynasty. They are another one of those iconic franchises. And since the inception of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have had three. That's right. Three head coaches. Okay. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. All right. That level of consistency has led to them creating this dynasty, right? Even when they're on a down year like they are right now, you know what you're getting from the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? You know what to expect. You expect a physical team that runs the ball, that plays a certain way, right? They have a certain level of toughness to them, right? Ferrari has not had that since Michael Schumacher was there. And it's because every couple years, it changes. They get a new principle, right? There's this constant fear that if something happens, you're going to lose your job. Nobody can work that way. I don't care who you are. Nobody can work that way. And keep in mind, even with the success of Red Bull over the last, you know, decade, I mean, since their inception, right? Christian Horner has been the team principal since the inception of Red Bull Racing, all right? Total Wolf has been at Mercedes as a team principal for like a decade now, okay? Even with as great as those two race teams have been, Ferrari is the brand. It's the team, right? All things on a level playing field, if you could ask anybody out there who they would want to be the team principal of, right? Almost to a man, they would say Ferrari. The reason they are not saying that now is because of the politics and the bullshit and everything that is weighing it down. And Bonotto is just the latest victim of this. He handed in, he handed in his resignation two days ago. He'd been with Ferrari for 28 years. The dude started out as just like a, an engineer, right? An engine engineer. That was it. Worked his way all the way up to the chief technical officer and became the team principal back in 2019. And Ferrari came out, and in 2019, they showed signs of life. They were on fire in the beginning. Those cars were fast. And when they got hit, and that new technical regulation came out, that clarification regarding it with the rules regarding the engines, Ferrari fell off a cliff. And they could not compete. It was bad. Really bad. Vettel's last year with Ferrari was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And last year, 2021, they were not good. Right? They had a couple little glimpses here and there. But for the most part, they were all in on this year. And that was the goal. And they came out on fire. And once again, they dropped the ball. And now this historic franchise in Formula One 
is without a leader. Bonotto will be there through the rest of this year, which is only a month, and then he's he's done. And they've got to bring somebody new in. And they need to bring, in my opinion, they need to bring somebody from outside the current you know, group, the current team. They need an outside voice to come in, an outside leader to come in. Now, there's rumors that they actually talked to Christian Horner. He, of course, turned it down. That Why would that dude leave Red Bull? They're on top of the world right now. And he he calls the shots there. I mean, with him and Marco, I mean, why why would you leave that? Total Wolf, he's got a controlling interest in Mercedes, right? I mean, he's he's part owner of that company. He's not going nowhere, right? You're not going to go pull one of these top guys from these top teams. It's just not going to happen. So where do you look? Well, the rumor is that they're looking at Fred Vasseur. Now, Fred Vasseur, he is the current team principal over at Alfa Romeo Sauber. Right, that was the team that Charles Leclerc drove for before he went to Ferrari. Apparently, they have they still have a very good relationship. That is a positive. But more importantly, he came in and he saved the Sauber F1 team. When he got there, they did not have the money to run their wind tunnel. It was a joke. And he came in and single-handedly restructured, reorganized, and has got them on the right path. Now, are they going to be you know, winning races and championships here? Probably not. But they're a midfield team and they've been doing phenomenal in the midfield. Look at the year that they had. They did a phenomenal job with that. And it, rumor is that's who they're going to be bringing in. And we'll have to see whoever it is that they bring in when they do are they going to let that team principal actually run the team or are they going to meddle and interfere and continue doing what has led them to this point? Because if they continue down the same path, they are never going to see the success that they want. And in Ferrari's eyes, what they want is what they're entitled to. And that is world championships for both the driver and the constructors. Other news uh, that I alluded to at the start of the show, and that is a USAC team packing up. It sounds like they're going wing racing. So, Keith, what is the big news regarding this team, and who is the team? So, um, rumors through the grapevine that Blossom Marshall is done non-wing racing. Um there's rumors circulating the racing world or the sprint car world, I'll just put it that way, that Tyler Courtney could possibly be going World of Outlaw Racing next season. And Emerson Axum might maybe might be running the All Stars next season. Now I wouldn't be surprised if they do enter some non wing races. But as, at the moment, they have all their non-wing stuff for sale. Cars, everything, hauler. I mean, everything for non-wing racing. So all signs are pointing. They they are done non-wing racing. And it does not surprise me. It does to a point, though. That, I, I got to tell you, I was... Um... 
I was pretty shocked by that when you told me that um, because, yeah, that's just one of those names you wouldn't expect to to hear leaving, right? That would be like yeah. Keith Coons being like, all right, I'm done. We're done. We're racing. done racing. Let's yeah. close shop. You know what I mean? Like that would be that it that's just uh yeah, it just you just wouldn't expect it. You know what I'm saying? So Well, and and it really surprised me when they stopped midget racing because of Brian's love and passion for midget racing in general. Mm-hmm. Um I think that just started a domino effect. I mean, let's face it. In the time of sprint car racing today, whether it's non-wing, wing, in midget racing, the money's to be made on the wing side. So, I mean, it don't surprise me. Yeah. And it don't surprise me that Tyler Courtney could be going outlaw racing because he's completely dominated the All-Star Circuit of Champions Tour. Yes, he has. He has. Um, What he's done these past two seasons is incredible. I mean... You know, I remember being at the world finals last year and sitting, uh, me and my buddy, Chris, who I went there with, we were sitting next to these two guys and one of them, you know, knows Tyler Courtney. Um, you know, I, I, he said that they were buddies. I obviously, I can't verify the relationship, but I mean, he was talking about how their goal, their plan that first year, last year was for him to just dip his toe in the wing race and see how he liked it. Well, I mean, the dude had a ridiculous season. I mean, winning I the All-Stars. I think he dipped or, more than a toe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he he jumped in full force, and it, it, but he had an incredible year. And then he backed it up again this year. You know, he's obviously the dude can just drive whatever it is. So, you know, that that doesn't surprise me to see him going outlaw racing. Um, I think with Clawson Marshall looking to leave the USAC sprints, I think it brings up a much bigger or it highlights a much bigger issue, which is what we're seeing. And that's kind of the, the slow death of non-wing racing. You know, I hate to say that, but like we were talking yeah. about before we started the show, it's just, it seems to be what's happening. And, and and that's the the shitty part of the sport is there's more money in, in the wing racing, but the non-wing cars are a little more badass than, than the wing cars. I'm going to get a lot of heat from the PA guys. I, I will. I, I will 100% agree with that. But when it comes down to it, if you if you want to go watch just just your favorite, I'm not even going to say a favorite racer, just just a race car on the edge of control for 30 laps. It's a non-wing car. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got to get up and wheel the damn thing. And it sucks to see that it's, I don't want to use the word slowly dying off, but man, that's that's what it sure seems like. And when... When a team like Klaus and Marshall is potentially leaving that side of the sport, it is eye-opening, not only as a fan but as a former racer. Like, damn, that's a big, that's a big stapled team that has raced with USAC, whether it be Silver Crown midgets or non-wing, just completely leaving. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about this before, but 
if you're if your goal is to be a professional race car driver on dirt, right? Your only option really Okay, when we talk about the open wheel side, leaving, you know, late models, that type of thing out of it, when we talk about open wheel, right, it's the wing sprint cars. If you do it in the non-wing world, right, you're running, you have to run the non-wing sprint cars, you've got to run the midgets, you're traveling all, I mean, you got to do twice as many races to pull the same amount of money that you would just on the all-star tour, yeah. let alone the outlaws, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's. It's the reason why these guys are making this move. And and it, that's not even counting USAC guys going to local racetracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's very hard to make a living. And I applaud the guys that do it on the non-wing side. You're Justin Grants and you're Brady Bacons and, and the Robert Blues of the world. But you also see them dabble their toes into wing racing yep. here and there. They have a little bit of success. It just, I don't know. It's a gut punch to me because that that's a... It is. That is a very well-known team. Yep. I mean, when I saw you, a YouTube video of Thomas Mesrol in a wing car a few weeks ago, I was like, oof, man. That's, hope that guy doesn't leave the non-wing stuff. I mean, just, you know what I mean? Like, that's one of those guys that you just, you, like, please don't, don't go wing racing full-time because... You know, the, then, these guys are just getting plucked right now. They're just getting and, plucked. And the Thomas Mesrols and and I'm I'm gonna say the Thomas Mesrols, the Justin Grants, the Robert Ballou, Brady Bacon are the guys you don't want to see leave non wing racing. Mm-mm. You just don't. And I mean it's plain and simple. Them guys put on a show, they they're hell of a race car drivers for one, and they make that sport more exciting than what it already is. I mean, especially Thomas Meserol. Anybody that knows him and has watched him race, he he just goes out there with a I don't really give a fuck attitude, and he just he lets it rip. Yeah. Um. Growing up as a kid around the non-wing stuff, the USAC stuff, and and getting to know the Clausens real well, it it is saddening to see them leave that sport. If that is truly what they are up to, and it sounds like that's what's happening, I mean, when when a team posts everything for sale in the trailer in the in the toter, that, that's a yeah pretty pretty good sign that we're out. Yeah, and it, it is. Sucks. It is. And, it does suck. And, and and that's more of a USAC needs to open their eyes now and be like, okay, we got to do something. Yeah, whether it be a little better on the marketing side or making these racetrack promoters pony up a little more money for their series to come there. Yeah, they do. They've got to do something, you know? Um, and, and it's not even, it's not even just a USAC problem. You know, it's actually a dirt racing problem as a whole. I mean, even the world of outlaws, you know, you've got drivers like Sheldon Hodenshield who's saying, look, man, this stuff, these numbers don't add up anymore. It needs to change, you know? And it's true. I mean, all my life, right, the regular, you know, minus the special events like the Knoxville Nationals or the Gold Cup or something like that, right? Every regular event, it's been, 10, it's been 10 grand since it started, right? Yeah. And last I looked, just this year, right, inflation's gone up like, I don't know, it, it feels like 
a thousand percent, but I mean, like legitimately it's gone up like what, eight, 10%. Like, I mean, you're talking 30 years, the price, the, 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 the purses haven't gone up. Meanwhile, right. The ticket prices, the food, uh, I mean, let's not even talk about, you know, TV rights. I mean, dude, you talk about, you know, dirt vision or flow racing and all that stuff like this, where these companies are charging big time money, right? It's a flow racing account. It's not like, you know, a Netflix account with commercials. That's like $7.99 a month. Okay. It is not, you're paying good money for these to watch these races. And of course, it's not like you can just get one of them and see all the dirt racing you want. If you want to see the outlaws, guess what? Got to get dirt vision, right? Want to see USAC? Got to go to flow racing. So these, these sanctioning bodies are definitely making more money and they need to give that to the drivers because they're going to lose the drivers, right? The outlaws need to step it up. That's why high limit was started. Okay. And when you have, you know, a Brad Sweet and a Kyle Larson who are the figureheads of that. I mean, that's something that to me is only going to grow and you're going to attract more and more drivers to it. You know, I mean, you and look at the late model side, those guys make way more money, right? Than oh. the sprint car guys do. Well, what is it? Davenport made dude, just he, a little over a million this year. Just, just in winnings. Yeah. He, dude, he did like better than, like 75% of the NASCAR guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to piggyback off what you were saying, I think the world racing group in general, this is speaking on the outlaws itself. When you have teams spending more money in fuel, mm -hmm. hotel stays, and that ain't including your help, your, your fuel for the car, this, that, and the other, when they're paying more, to travel to these races and what some of these races pay that that's a slap in the face to the teams. Yes. I, yes. I, and I think we watched the same video that Sheldon that you're referencing to. And I agree with him. Oh, me too. There, there, there should never be a time in sports. I'm going to say sports in general where the pay scale doesn't change from 10 years ago. No, 20 exactly. years, ago, exactly. 30 years ago. Yep. We see late model racing growing as we speak, mm -hmm. as far as payouts go. Meanwhile, sprint car racing's 20 years behind. Yeah, it is. And, and that's across the board. Yeah. And you can even go to midget racing. Now, I yeah. get it. Yeah, that's more of a kid's thing in midgets, but still. Yeah, but see, uh, and, uh, midget racing is still big. It's still oh, huge. Midget racing will always be big. Yeah, and it's it's one of, to me... I love sprint cars, love them, but I think there's no greater show on dirt than than midgets. I, yeah. I just I there, love. I them. have a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, for I love them. But I mean, we're talking about how World Racing Group, right? World of Outlaws, how they need to be increasing their payouts, right? And think about the fact that they're more than double what USAC is. So that's how far behind they are. Is it any wonder why all these people are wanting to go wing racing? I mean, think about it. If you're doing 10 grand, you know, to win in the outlaws and you're doing, what is it? Four grand to win a USAC race, sometimes 2,500. Who You can't live off that, right? The fuel just to drive across the state, right? When you're talking diesel at what? Five, six bucks a gallon. You know what I mean? Like the teams can't afford that. Even with the sponsorships. 
And we talked about this when it was when we were talking about Kyle Busch and, and NASCAR and kind of how they needed to change with the whole model with the payouts and the, the pay scale and the sponsorships and stuff like that. Dirt racing is the same thing. Now you'll never be able to 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 uh decrease that percentage enough in terms of the sponsorships because it is so much it is so different, the amount of travel, the number of races and stuff like that. But They've got to start thinking differently because like you said, whether it's these promoters paying more, whether these guys are going to be getting a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to the rights, the television rights and stuff like that, they've got to, got to improve this and increase it because if not, you're going to be losing literally all of your talent. USAC will become the minor leagues for the outlaws. That's what it will become. And I think of what most fans don't think about when they think about these professional dirt racers, whether it's sprint cars, late models, this, that, and the other. If you race for somebody, you're not making nearly as much because that team gets a lot of that money. Yes. You get a percentage of the winnings. Yeah. You don't get and, all the winnings. <laughs> and, and the percentages, they, they always change year to year. I can't remember what they are now. But by time a team... Because usually, usually a non-wing team has the driver, a crew chief, a tire guy, and maybe one more. By the time you pay them, you got to pay your engine rebuilds, and that's six to seven thousand dollars a rebuild. Or if you need a new engine, there's sixty grand, and running in a non-wing full time, sixty grand is a lot of money, mm-hmm. and you may not even make that back in a season if you're a car owner yep. driving for yourself. That's where I I pat Robert Blue on the back every day because he's about the only blue-collar guy left in the USAC Tour where he not only works but manages his race team 80 hours a day or 80 hours a week. Yep. It's just something's got to change. There's got to be a little bit of change, whether it's USAC going to these promoters saying, look, I know you guys are paying five to $6,000 for these races for, for payouts. We need to up that. Yeah, we need to come together and figure out how we can up this this amount. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Because if not, we're just going to see a trickle effect, and it's not going to mm-hmm. be good. Yeah. You know, you look at Brad Sweet, right? And I just did a quick search of this online, and how accurate this is, I don't know, but these are close to the numbers that I've heard from other people when it comes to the top guys in the Outlaws. Right? You're talking about a salary of, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars a year, and then you get a percentage of your winnings, right? That's what these guys make. Now, if you're running a team, right? Take Klaus and Marshall for example. If you got to pay a salary to the driver, and you want obviously when you're that when you're a, a team at the level of Klaus and Marshall, right? You're not just you're not going to the local, you know, go-kart track and finding a 16-year-old and giving them a shot, right? You want established people in your ride, right? So you got to pay them a salary. You got to give them a percentage of the winnings. You got to do like you just talked about, Keith. You got to pay the guys who work on the car. Even if you're running a skeleton crew, it's still two to three guys, right? I remember when we were running it at our thinnest, at our thinnest, there was two of us, me and my buddy Lee. And 
we were running local stuff and a, occasional travel, you know, when the outlaws would come to town, we would hit a couple of races. It's not like we were on the, the nation, you know, the national tour. All right. So these guys who've got these teams that are running the outlaws, you're talking multiple people. You've got multiple cars, multiple engines, haulers, right? Fuel. You start to, you start looking at things like the insurance that you got to carry on something like that. You know what I mean? Like that, it, the sponsorship, all of that stuff, it all adds up. And if you're doing all of that and you get to a track and it's, hey, 10K to win, well, damn, what did we spend just to get here? Right? You got these teams where it's like, dude, we've got to literally win just to break even. So they definitely need to, definitely need to step this stuff up. Um, I do think the high limit sprint car series. We'll see how it goes this next year, but I do think seeing stuff like that is a good thing. I do think it will help propel these other, you know, series, these other sanctioning bodies to kind of step up their game. Um, so we can see, you know, improvement across the board and hopefully USAC will figure something out because as much as I love wing racing, I really love the non-wing racing and I don't want to keep seeing my favorite guys leaving. And and here's what really aggravates me. You have the competition director of USAC. Now I'm not going to throw his name out there. Anybody can do a quick Google search on who it is. When he makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, and that's more than probably I'm going to say a USAC driver makes running just USAC sprint cars. Ah, that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, now, here's my thing with the High Limit series. I hope the World Racing Group allows these Word of Outlaw guys to go run with them. I know it'll be tough at times, but if they're close, they need to allow them to go run. Mm-hmm, they do. They need to cut the bullshit with the whole, well, if you got a race, what is it, either before or after that high limit race, you can't run in it. And I know USAC is pretty similar, but it's time to cut the bullshit with it. it it's 2022. It's yeah. time to get with the times. Let these guys go make a little bit more money yep. for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't Coke and Pepsi, right? I mean, heaven yeah. forbid we can get one of we can get either one of those in a restaurant. You know what I mean? And, and, let's, let's 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 not let's not, let's not do the soft drink wars. Let's just let these guys race where they want when they want, so these guys can make a living. And my biggest thing with that, if inflation wasn't where it's at right now, I wouldn't have a problem with them not running it. Yeah, exactly. But now, now times are tough on everybody. Yep. They need yep. to allow them to go run on it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I did just read something pretty interesting. Speaking of the World Racing Group, how they cut the non-wing Extreme Outlaw series out for next year. I just read that they're potentially going to be running a 32 race midget series next year. Well, that would actually be a good thing. I believe. And uh, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. I think that would be a good thing because that 
will actually if they that'll blow the door wide open on the yes yeah because if they run a 32 race schedule because obviously 32 races that's not like you Sacramento they're running like 70 or something but you know if you're running 32 races that's enough races if they're putting up good purses right you know if they're doing even for if for midgets if you're doing 10k I mean that's that's phenomenal but if you're doing something like that and you have a legit season purse for the championship I think we could definitely see some some legitimate drivers make a a full-time run at that and I think if that were to happen that would start putting some more pressure on USAC to to up their game yeah and and if this is true where they're going to run a 32 race schedule next season I would love to see them in the season at freaking Charlotte with the rest of them Midgets at Charlotte or even non-wing cars at Charlotte would just be amazing in person. I agree. I think it would be awesome if they did the world finals and it was the extreme, you know, midget series was there with them too. I think that would be awesome. It would be really cool. I definitely have to go back to the world finals to see that. Well, We'll see what happens with all the all that stuff. Obviously, really, really early into the off season. And before we wrap up today's show, we do have we do have a couple of races going on. So this weekend we've got two of them actually, which I was kind of surprised to see that they would have these two basically competing with one another. But you've got the Gateway Nationals happening um, December first, December second, and December third. Now. Tonight and tomorrow night are the preliminary nights. And keep in mind, there's they're not running the midgets this year. It's just the late models and the modifieds. Now you've got about 120 late model drivers who have registered. Um, the modifieds, it looks like they've got somewhere around, oh, I'd say 60, 50 to 60, somewhere right around there. So definitely good good turnouts for for both um but the late models are obviously the big one and then also down in florida you've got the sunshine state 50 with the xrss um and really the reason why i was paying attention to to this is the fact that the one big name the guy who's won pretty much all the big events this year minus a couple that brandon shepherd won uh, is jonathan davenport davenport's really the 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 big name missing from the gateway nationals. Um, he's going to be down running at the sunshine state 50. So I'm, I hate to say this, but it, it, with pretty much most people at, at gateway Davenport, probably just going to mop up down in Florida uh, because, well, that's pretty much what he's done everywhere this year. I mean, he's one of those guys. He, he's not really, he don't really run for, points he just he's kind of like an assassin you know he just shows up track to track whatever's got the biggest person and brings in the money so and a lot of it yes a lot of it he's had a phenomenal <laughs> phenomenal year so so yeah we've got we do got those races uh this weekend now keith are you gonna are you gonna have a chance to catch any of those um i'm gonna try to it just all depends on what i got going on um i was gonna pay attention to more to the uh indoor stuff and then i realized damn they ain't ain't gonna run midgets so if i get bored i might turn it on see what's going on 
yeah, I'll end up watching it. I'll probably watch the replay of it. Um, you know, when these are happening, but I, this weekend we've actually got my son's got a thing at school tonight. We've got the Christmas parade this weekend also. So we got a bunch of stuff going on, but I am, I will end up, end up watching it. Um, you know, it'll just probably be, you know, after the fact. So, um, I do like gateway. It, you know, it's always put on a, a, a pretty good show. Um, but to me, the, the, the big indoor indoor race is, is Chili Bowl. That's the, that's the big one that I'm looking forward to this year. So, so yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap things up, Keith, do you got any other news or anything like that? No, that's a, uh, not really. I mean, yeah. everything's quiet. I mean, on the NASCAR front of things, I was just reading that live fast signed an alliance with ecr for next season they're switching to chevy mm. whether that helps them or hurts them who knows um then i seen something interesting uh rick Ware racing had a uh alliance with Stuart haas last season and they ended that and they will have an alliance with uh Roush keselowski fenway racing next season uh that that's really about it on the nascar side i'm think we're kind of just in idle right now on that on that front i'm curious to see what Haley deegan's plans are for next season yeah with uh her team switching to toyota i know she signed a ford deal so that's really about it other than the indoor stuff yep, yep i'm with you man yeah there's a couple of things i've been keeping an eye on don't really have anything on it yet um Kevin Harvick did come out and say he's going to decide his future before the Daytona 500. So obviously we got some, we've got some time to, to see about that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know him and Rodney Childers are putting a uh, late model together for the cars tour next season. Yep. So, I mean, it's been pretty quiet. Yeah, it has, it has been pretty quiet. So be interesting uh, waiting to hear, you know, what, changes are made to the car we we know that they're going to be making changes to it we just don't know exactly what obviously the safety stuff will be implemented but really waiting to hear about changes to the packages it's you know specifically the short track road package so you know hopefully hopefully they come up with something so um before we cut away do you think tyler carpenter goes for the three-peat this weekend um oof man i i honestly oh man that's a that's a tough one uh he's usually really he's strong, usually good I, there I, i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say I, no i was rolling that way too i see yeah. bobby pierce picking up the super late model yeah, that's a good pick. I like Bobby Pierce. I'm actually, I'm, I actually, I'm gonna go with Brandon Shepard. He's been like good. He's been yeah. good at them. You know, he did. He won the the Prairie Classic at Fairbury. You know, I mean, this is obviously not like Fairbury, but it is one of them. It's a short indoor, you know, indoor track. He does good at these big events. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go with him. Obviously, you know, the champ Herb is someone you gotta consider too. But yeah, I'm gonna and, and go with Brandon Shepard. Another guy I really wouldn't count out too is Nick Hoffman. I know yeah. he'll be there pulling double duty, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him 
win the modified side and it wouldn't surprise me to see him win the late model side because his time in a late model he's done pretty well yeah he has so yeah it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to watch um you know like i said i, I whoever wins it I got I mean there's about 30 people on that list that you know drivers that showed up that I wouldn't be shocked to see them win yeah. so I, I was so, rolling through the entry list and was like okay this yeah. is going to be There's tough. a lot of them. Yeah, I mean like I said man the car count it's like 120 cars or something. It's a lot of guys that showed up to that race so So one thing I didn't see and I I'm curious to see if they do it again does the winner of this year's race do they get to do the dirt truck race again next year? I don't know if they if they're doing that or not. I haven't I haven't seen anything about that. Um it would be would be cool if they did just because obviously that's such a unique a unique thing. But yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. I'll have to look into that more. So, have to have to look into that and then uh yeah, we'll have to update. We can update everybody. Um, the next pod after obviously we've declared a winner. So, but everybody that's going to do it all for this week's podcast. Now, um, remember we are every other week right now. So next week we will be off and then we will be back on December 15th. Um, we've got the 15th. Uh, we'll just be kind of covering whatever news stuff that, is happening if anything is happening and then um after that on the 29th that's when we'll be doing our big uh chili bowl preview so we'll be talking about the upcoming chili bowl and uh making our predictions and all that stuff like that because by then we should have pretty much everything figured out in terms of the prelims and who's all running and stuff so so yeah no show this next week but then we'll be back on the 15th please Download, subscribe, follow, share, all that stuff that you guys have been doing. It's been awesome. Uh, leave us a rating and review. Um, love to get your feedback. And if you got a question for us or want to ask us anything about racing or, or hell, I don't know, anything, whatever. Got trouble with your girlfriend. I, Not that I'd be good at solving it, but hey, we'll take a shot. Uh, you can send us an email at ask3wide at gmail.com. So Keith, my man. Have a good weekend. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You too. I will. I will. And all of you out there, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy this weekend of uh, of racing. And we'll be back here to do it all over again. And until then, as always, take care. Take care.